Oh, yes. This is the power I've been craving. Much like I've been craving sour cream and cheese Pringles. I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut you off there, Thomas. Fair enough. Because we have a podcast to do. Welcome to Geeks and Gaijins. That was some kind of introduction. I'm the Gaijin John. I'm the Geek Tom. And we are here to bring you a perspective, a weekly perspective from Japan. And England. Yeah, the East and West, together at last. Like sweet and sour, <laughs> chocolate and peanut yes. butter. Because those two combinations always go very well together, we find. Peanut butter and chocolate is great. Fight me. I was talking more about East and West, but carry on. Oh, yeah. I mean, what even is the West anymore? Like, you know, just if, sort of... If you, if you want to know more about that, you should listen to my new series, Japanese History for Gaijins, started last week. The second episode should also be up by now. Oh... Hey! Plugs, 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 plugs. Always plugging. Always plugging. Anyway, thank you for listening. This is The Week in Japan. Everyone's scared of scary virus. Oh no, not the scary virus. Yeah, it's the, it's the as Japanese writing puts it, Corona virus. It, it's not funny, it's just coronavirus because Japan has all the syllables. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's boring. Yeah, it's Corona. Corona. The thing is, I don't live in, like, a huge city, yet everyone is still freaking out. Well, they're not mm-hmm. freaking out, but they're like... The thing is, lots of elderly Japanese people are all hypochondriacs because, like, Japan is very obsessed with health and cleanliness, and therefore illness is not great. Because also that means you might have to miss 20 minutes of work. Can't have that. Absolutely not. God damn you, Tanaka-san. How dare you be 20 minutes late for work? Mm, Tanaka-san. I hate that guy. Anyway. <laughs> it sounded more like you thought he was delicious for a second, though. <laughs> mm, Tanaka-san. <laughs> the thing is, like, Tanaka is the most common last name. Oh, like, neat. So it's like Jones. Yeah, it, which leads me to my thought that there must be someone out there called, like, Jim Tanaka. The perfect mix of just East and West. Hello, I'm... J- Who are you? I'm Jim Tanaka. Nice to meet you. If Jim Tanaka happens to find this episode somewhere on the internet somehow, please contact John and tell yes. him all about how he's completely off base with his assumptions about who you are. And whether you are delicious or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough flirting from you, John. Move on <laughs> to the top. <laughs> anyway... Coronavirus is it's in China, and if you've looked at a globe recently, Japan is close to China. Yes. More or less, yes. But also, if you've looked at another globe recently, you'll realize that Wuhan is actually extremely far away from Japan. Um, so ah. this is an issue of just using China as a word for... The majority uh, of a land continent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like, ah. Oh, did you know it's like someone going, Thomas, you're all right. I heard there was a flu outbreak in Ukraine, I think. I'm just checking. I'm going to get the geography right. <laughs> so I'm not being like insane. <laughs> I do want to see the history for like the Wuhan, for the for like the Google searches of Wuhan. Wuhan clan. But I think that was mostly it beforehand. But no, okay. It's not as far away as I thought. It's still... How long would it take me to get there from my current position if I went on a very ill-advised holiday? 
Okay. If I go from my local station, notably I can't walk. Ooh, I can go almost direct. Isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's that. John, please be careful. Oh, no. There are like four stops. Sorry. Oh, that's that's just so many opportunities for like a flight to be delayed. That's no good. Yeah, I have what? to stop in Korea and then stop elsewhere in China. What I'm saying is it's like 20 hours of flights, so I'm currently fine. So yes, there is like 10 people in 100, was it 100 million people that live in Japan have coronavirus. Now, I know why my school is concerned. Because if you've ever worked in a school, I'm not saying if you've been in a school, because everyone's been in a school. But hey, like, hey, don't make assumptions about our audience here, John. Yes, yeah, sorry, if, uh, sorry, homeschooled listeners. Um, I assume, I assume if you're homeschooled, you know when everyone in your house is ill because you live with them all the time. But <laughs> I don't exactly remember being like 14 and realizing, oh, everyone in this school is ill. Whereas when you're a teacher, you go from class to classroom, like interacting with 200 people and you're like, you are all disease carriers. Oh my <laughs> God, I need to clean myself and cleanse this entire building. Fun. Yes, exactly. What I'm saying is High School of the Dead is a documentary. Oh, no. Yep. Okay, great. Well, now that I have to erase that part of my memory from my mind again thank you for bringing up that trauma john yay uh, it's why i'm here basically <laughs> what i'm saying is i'm absolutely fine and so <laughs> will most of japan and most of china it's very serious notably so is just the regular flu get your flu shot everyone is important uh especially if you're for some reason in the demographic like being 80 years old where this is most dangerous to you but no, I'm fine. Most of Japan is fine. It's not going anywhere. We'll, we're all a-okay. <laughs> Except if the Chinese government has been lying about even more stuff. Which it probably is, but still. Mm. Are you suggesting that uh, current news coverage of the, of the coronavirus has been just as sensational as its coverage of things like swine flu and Ebola? Back when those were a big deal, I think Ebola was slightly more serious than like swine Didn't flu. Really spread into Europe or America, though, did it? All no, that much? it's like yes. I think people are. It's it's a thing. People are worried. The main people who are worried are businesses, is because so much of the world's stuff is made in China, and therefore mm. so much of. So much of the shipping is the thing that's at serious risk. It's not people, it's not one individual uh, flying back from Wuhan to visit his great aunt in Kansas, Missouri. Um, that's a new place I just made up. It is two states in one. Deal with it. Maybe this would be a good opportunity for us to reconsider our business relationship with China, as good as any. What? No. It's like suddenly this podcast becomes too funny for China. <laughs> you cannot suppress me, Chinese government. Not that any, you'll let anyone listen to this podcast in the first place. Well, We're mate, not Chinese government approved. No, exactly. We're too funny for China. I'm, <laughs> we're putting that up there. I don't know. Uh, if, if you are Chinese and you're listening to this, please let us know. 
And you have not shown up on our demographic statistics just yet, so please listen yet. some more. Yeah, listen, we'll find out. listen to more episodes. But no, everything is fine. There is some bits on uh, buses. There's like some signs up. There's like coronavirus, wash your hands and wear a mask. I'm just like, you guys weren't washing your hands anyway? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's weird. And Japan is also like really health conscious. Like whenever you get something from a kombini, like anything food related, they put in a little antiseptic hand wipe and they have them before all meals if you're going out. So it, it just feels weird that they're now being like even more paranoid about it. I'm just like, yeah. Listen, John, when it comes to paranoia, there's never just a little paranoia. It, and once you've had just a little paranoia, it, it, it's very easy just to become more paranoid. It's just, oh. just it just keeps going after that. Uh, so shall we move on to the next section? Because that was coronavirus. That was coronavirus. That's now we're going to expertly was. segue into something else. Because Japan and... Do you know what I do in Japan, Thomas? I have absolutely no idea what you do in Japan, John. I have not been keeping up to date with your general antics at all, Fred. Well, neither do I, because what I do, no one knows. I'm an enigma. Uh, but according to my immigration documents that let me stay here, I'm an English teacher. Goodness, really? Yes. That's not believable in the slightest. No, I mean, have you listened to me? The thing is... That when you're in Japan, especially lots of Westerners in Japan, when you think of Japan in English, you think of what has been dubbed in the internet as English. It is very grammatically and spelled wrongly English. And that is such a correct sentence. You've expertly demonstrated the Japanese to English translation skills there, John. Fantastic. I know that's exactly what you were aiming for and not just had a stroke midway through that sentence. Exactly. This is going to become much more in the current, like, mindset because of the 2020 Japanese Olympics. So you have many more foreigners coming here. Though there is, I think it is the main... Yes, uh, Japan... This was, this was in the news. It's been on uh, the Japan Times, a uh, very good article about it, about Japan and its relationship with English. Now, this has happened because of Japan's new national stadium that was, that was unveiled in December, along with a great large sign that said, Hello, our stadium. Nice. And please push the under button. <laughs> That's not a big sign on the outside of it, but it's Wait. Just, it's just one of the. There's just several phrases. I I honestly don't understand what the under button is supposed to be. What is the under button? I assume that's somewhere in like a bathroom or something where it's like, oh. please press the under button. Okay, it's the button under something then. Okay, yes. that makes sense. The under button, Thomas. The under button. <laughs> This is a yes. thing with English in Japan, is it's not you. Partially, it is used, and it's used really well. I live in Tottori Prefecture, the least populated prefecture in Japan, and there's some really good English here on things like travel announcements, so on buses or public transport. I, we get announcements in English here, which totally shocked me when I first got here. 
This oh, nice. I've worked out kind of why this might not be the reason, but I'm pretty sure it is. Is it's very unlikely for most tourists to speak Japanese. However, it is much more likely, especially this area, because we get a lot of tourists from Asia and Southeast Asia, is that essentially a tourist is more likely to be able to speak English than they are to have announcements in several different languages. So the irony being that there are people understanding it who are maybe Korean or Chinese or Vietnamese or Thai, and they're there and they're, oh, they can understand more English than they can Japanese. That's fair. Even the other East Asian people are like, Japanese, bloody, this is hard. <laughs> oh, man, English is way easier than Japanese. I'm just going to learn that instead. <laughs> yeah, which says something about English. That, well, it says something about both these obscenely difficult languages. But no, the, the thing is that Japan uses English a lot as a decoration. Like, there's so many of the things in my food that I buy in my local shop, which has some useful English on it, but also just has some absolute gobbledygook on it. Because it's English made for Japanese people. This is one of the things, and one of the things the article talks about, is that English is not there for English speakers or even for other foreign speakers. It is for Japanese people to go, hmm, that's some English right there. And I can understand it. Yeah. Nice. So that's why there's so much stuff on, like, uh, lots of pencil cases and T-shirts and things. So you end up with some with some great ones, including University Will Succeed! Or, like, it happens a lot on food. Like, I had a piece of cake the other day which said, please spend happy time with delicious cake. Or, my, right. for example, my chopstick box, uh, which I have, a, I have at school which says everything will be all right. That's not <laughs> that's not a piece of English. I just thought it was cute. <laughs> the thing is this can go terribly wrong how because of essentially native touch. With a lot of translation you want a native touch involved. You want a native person vaguely involved. And it's becoming more important in Japan, but mostly they want it done cheap. It's not a huge priority. So they send it over to Tanaka-san. They send it over to Jim Tanaka, who says, I can speak English. I can speak English really well. And they're like, cool. We don't need to pay anyone extra for this. Jim, you'll do it. Hmm. Or, or Jim Tanaka is there and someone, they've got a professional translator to do it. And Tanaka-san's there looking at it. And he's like, hmm, I think this is maybe too difficult English for Japanese people to understand. And you're going, that, that's, that's not the point of the English translation. I'm going to change this because my English, my English skills are amazing. And then you get the Japanese work environment of I can't correct you because then it will be loss of face and then they can't admit that there was something wrong because then that's a loss of face. And ba da ba da ba da ba da ba which leads to spend happy time with delicious cake or <laughs> press the under button. Hey, I will spend happy time with delicious cake. Thank you very much. <laughs> Indeed. That sounds like a good time. It is a good time. I will say it is a good time with <laughs> delicious cake. However, like, this is also why you should never get a foreign tattoo. However, yes. I, will say, I will say something about my city because there is an amazing example. Because there is also, like... 
Japan just loves English words. And there is a new like shopping center slash apartment complex that was being built that many of the English speakers of my city absolutely love. Because it is called Yeasty Place. What? Yeasty, Y-E-A-S-T-Y, place. <laughs> and Japanese people don't see anything wrong with it, because, like, yeast, growing, or whatever. And then one of the other, like, assistant language teachers had a talk with their JTE about what English speakers associate with yeast. And it's just... <laughs> and it was apparently just the look on that person's face. No! That's not what... Oh, no! Oh, <laughs> oh no. This is, the, yeah. this is the question, Tom. Would you have a happy time with delicious cake at Yeasty Place? I refuse to answer that question. I absolutely <laughs> refuse to engage in whatever the hell you just asked me. Do you plead the fifth? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand American legal systems. <laughs> I don't think that Americans seem to understand American legal systems anymore. Hey, commentary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mo moving on. <laughs> yeah. I will say it is getting better in Japan. They're really good museums near me like they have audio tours in english which even if it's like a siri level narration it's really fun it means i can go and enjoy museums so i japan is doing really well it's getting better it's just japan is the best at, at doing hilarious english it really is because it's just so close this including i found one from the internet of a little a little cat like it's on like a pencil case or a notebook of a of a little cat with like microphones next to it and it just has making a speech please enjoy studying with this notebook the story of pleasant animals ah nice nice very close very good also Indeed. quite far though <laughs> no and speaking of perfect english it is time for my new snack break with seasonal horn Seasonal horn, you say? Indeed, seasonal horn. I, I, was, I, I don't know how to follow up on that. <laughs> what? It is a kind of biscuit with cream in the middle from Meiji, the huge chocolate company, uh, with just the words seasonal horn. Or if you want it in Japanese, horun. So I assume they have different flavors depending on the season which is why it is seasonal horn. I'm sending Thomas a picture of my seasonal yeah, I horn. I can't imagine what on earth this is supposed to be. I'm, I'm imagining something fairly conical, but... Nope, nothing conical about it. There's nothing horn-shaped about it, is what you're nope, saying. Nothing horn-shaped about my seasonal horn. Ah, here it is. Um, yeah, that just says seasonal horn. What's... This is the okay. thing, listeners, you can't, there's no way to experience it. First of all, sorry, I just wanted to get the seasonal horn out of the way, because... Yeah. And whilst Thomas is reacting to that, I need to apologise. Mm. Not, not, not for the seasonal horn, but... <laughs> because uh, my snack break last week, in which I ate Sakura Pocky, and 
I will say that go back and listen to it. It's a fun snack break. But <laughs> I will say that Sakura Yukani, which apparently so so many things are Sakura flavored, including the Starbucks big frappuc- seasonal frappuccino, Sakura frappuccino. And this feels slightly weird due to the fact it's currently snowing outside and it's February. Um, Is that not a Sakura Puccino? It's, it's, they call it like a Sakura milk. They, they call it like something very boring. It's like Sakura milk Frappuccino. Though notably in Starbucks, someone had, one of the workers had misspelled Starbucks. Um, and. Oh, well. Yes. And it, I think on the wall they had written artisserie in every sip. So close, yet so very far. Keep going, Japan. So Sakura, it was Sakura flavored. So I, th- I also worked out what the different parts of it were because I did talk about the stick being quite crumbly. That's because the stick was cheese flavored. <laughs> what? And the granules of what I assumed were sugar on the outside were salt. These are some very odd revelations to be having at this point in time, John. Yes, because the whole thing was very sweet white chocolate, so they were all there to offset the chocolate. I realised when I'd eaten more than just, like, two afterwards, I was like, ah, this is why this is so strange. But no, it was like, ah, that's not sugar at all. Ah, that's why the stick's like that. Ah. Oh. oh, bird noises. Anyway, let's get into the seasonal horn. Yes, the seasonal horn is a strange-looking snack. In that, yeah, I, uh... it's, it's like slightly like it's like a curved biscuit with like cream in it and then chocolate it, on either side. It looks a bit like a book. Yeah, so it's imagine a book-shaped. Yeah, so imagine a really long book with like a kind of wafer that goes round only one side like the arc of a book then you can have like the pages are green and then the different edges of the book are covered in chocolate neat so there was also a strawberry one but i got the matcha one because ah it's matcha neat that's why it's green so now it's time for that ita tataki Mass. It's a biscuit matcher delivery system, which <laughs> I'm not against. Nice, nice. Yes, it's basically that kind of sweet biscuit that you get from any, like, Italian restaurant when it needs to put something on it or it's just very thin. Then with, like, a matcha cream in the middle and some chocolate on it. I really cannot complain. That is dope. Very delicious seasonal horn. Seasonal horn, indeed. Whatever that means, Japan. I think, yeah. Oh, Japan. Never change. I mean, I mean, <laughs> change do, a little. I mean, yes. Please change a little, but just keep the seasonal horn. I ask. That's all I ask for. <laughs> And now, Thomas, there's been some anime about. There has been quite a lot of anime about, because we finally got the uh, wrap-up for the big old 
end of year Crunchyroll Anime Awards on the 15th of February. So, in follow-up to our previous segment where we speculated on who might win, we're going to resolve the issue by actually saying who won. Indeed. Uh, so, the winner for Best Comedy was Kaguya-sama Love is War. Which, which, wasn't uh, that, which wasn't that specifically one of the ones you said would not win. For comedy? Yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, John, it was ages ago. It was like, like a whole month or something. I don't even remember what I said yesterday. So, Good point. Probably. Let's keep on going. Uh, <laughs> best fantasy was The Promised Neverland. Oh, wow. What a surprise. Uh, yeah, Promised Neverland did fairly well. Well, it was uh, it was nominated in both Best Fantasy and Best Drama as well. Uh, yes, but the actual winner for Best Drama was Vinland Saga. Woo! It's it's really good. Yes. <laughs> uh, best couple were Kaguya Shinomiya and Miyuki Shiragane, the main couple from Kaguya Sama Love Is War. Now this which... is the one I specifically. Okay. Yes, they're not technically a couple, but I still root for this, so I'm I'm fully on board with them winning, especially considering their show is specifically a rom com. So you said they specifically would not win, or should I not said win. they should not win because they're not technically a couple? But I uh, recognise that I, that the whole thing is very vague. Uh, best behind your technicalities. Best fight scene, surprising probably no one is Tanjiro and Nesuko versus Rui from Demon Slayer. That is, I mean, I, I mean, I think I was right on this one when I talked about it last time we talked about it. This is one of the emotional, like, beats of the entire season. This fight scene, ab- out of everything else, absolutely set the anime community on fire when it was released on uh, episode 19. Like, this is the defining moment of the show. It's what gave it mo- the majority of its popularity with the wider anime audience. So it's absolutely no surprise that he got this victory over the others because no other fight scene really burst into popularity like this fight did. This is the kind of this is the kind of fight scene that people talk about and they say, "No, you should watch the 18 episodes before this just to watch this scene." Cuz a lot of people did. Yeah, because as a scene itself, I mean it's good. But it's it's the story build up to that scene that makes it work so well. And ah, oh, ah, oh, so good. Now let's move on before I just we just start gushing about Demon Slayer again because we um, have lots of opportunity to spoilers. Best antagonist Isabella from The Promised Neverland. Yep, yeah, good creepy villain nun lady. Uh, best protagonist, Senku from Doctor Stone. I find this weird, but that's Senku. He... It wouldn't have been my first choice, but I think that might just be because Senku's personality doesn't jive with me. Yeah, so. he's not a very traditional protagonist, so I maybe it's people going against that and going, I like my non-traditional protago man. Uh, one for John here, best character design for Dororo. Yay! It's the character design of this one. It's literally a man growing back his self whilst battling different forms of demon that transform between human. There's so much almost body horror to it. It's it's amazing. And there's so much creativity with the designs of the demons and designs of the people as well. So it's just ah, so good. Best director went to Tetsuro Araki and... Hold on. Masashi 
Koizuka for Attack on Titan Season 3. Koizuka. Koizuka. Neither of us Uh, watched this. I have certainly seen some impressive camera work from the show, even outside of watching it, though, so I'm not surprised that one. Uh, Best VA performance English was Billy Kometz as Naofumi in The Rising of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. Meh. Neither of us had any stake in English performance this year. Indeed. Uh, Best VA performance Japanese for Yuchi Nakamura for the voices of Bruno Bushiara. The characters are Italian. Like, what are you going to do? Basically, the protagonist of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind. I neither of us watched JoJo even for the memes, so <laughs> I'm I sure assume... we'll have to get around to it eventually if we're going to assume... keep doing an anime podcast. I but... know. I assume his performance was good. Mm. Uh, uh, best score, surprising, probably no one was the Carol and Tuesday score by Moki. Well, I'm sure this. Well, it doesn't surprise Tom, but I'm sure it angers him. But yes, the music anime about music. Shocked. This award doesn't annoy me at all because, like I said, okay. the music in Carol Tuesday is fantastic and it's definitely the best part of the show, even if the writing is little. But spoiler alert, they didn't get Very anything bad. else. So. Despite being nominated for pretty much every other award, uh, uh, Demon Slayer and uh, Vinland Saga, I think, did quite a bit better. Vinland Saga only got one. Vinland Saga oh, only okay. won Best Drama. Goodness me. Wow. That. That's weird then. Vinland Saga wasn't actually nominated for the. It was nominated for a couple of character things and like fight scene, but it wasn't nominated like as much as you'd think it would be. No, Vinland Saga, Demon Slayer, and Cal Tuesday all had the same number of nominations. Oh wow! Okay, I'm I'm talking out from my bottom. <laughs> I, I I get what you're going for with there though. Um, mm. I think Vinland Saga might have had a bit of an issue with the popular vote because it's an Amazon exclusive so it's less uh, accessible for some people it's as accessible in the west you can watch it outside of amazon in japan mm. so emigrate cowards anyway now on to the big guns of the oh. anime awards best girl <gasps> but raftalia the rising of shield hero so as we said it was fight between cute raccoon girl and cute zombie demon girl and the one who has a personality one i'm <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, because uh, Nezuko is very cute and all, but she she doesn't speak and she doesn't do an awful lot for mm, the first she, series. She could do more, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying she's not an adorable buttercup who needs to be protected and hugged and kept good, but just yes, sadly she, she is more plot device and character at the moment. Exactly, she's been kept. She needs some more thinking, Thomas, I'd say. Outside the box. <laughs> well done. Very well yes. done. Yes, I'm um, very proud of myself. Uh, best boy, surprising no one, was the breakout star of this year, Tangelo Camado from Demon Slayer. I mean, he's a good boy. It's, he is all, a good boy. To be honest, of the best boys, they're all good boys, Brett, but... Tandro <laughs> Tandro's a good boy. So. Uh yeah. I still would have preferred Mob to win, but I'm not surprised at all that Tanjiro got the popular. Yeah, I know. Whether he's uh, my best boy, I don't know, but he's definitely a good boy. He is definitely one of the best boys. Um yeah. Best Ending Sequence. The 
Chikato Chika Chika dance from Kaguya-sama Love is War. And therefore the power of memes, as I said to Thomas when we were judging this, is strongest. We should not have underestimated the power of memes. Everyone I'm sorry, you shouldn't have... Dance. I'm sorry, you shouldn't have under, underestimated the power of memes. I... <laughs> Thoroughly associated with the power of memes, including <laughs> referencing Jojo and Kaguya-sama on this wall. I'm sorry, I do not underestimate how weird the internet can get, Thomas. You've got me, you've got me. I, I, can't, I can't say anything about that. Uh, best opening sequence. Oh, I'm dead happy with this. Mob Psycho 100 to 99.9 by Mob Choir. This feels like cheating because Mob Psycho's both OPs and EPs are all stupidly amazing, so I don't think they should be judged on the same level of human existence, let alone <laughs> against other anime. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Mob Psycho 2's OP, uh, especially, it was just a love letter to the animation process in general. I can't think of a more deserving winner for that one. And so best animation then goes to Thomas. <laughs> Mob Psycho 102, which are... Nice. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad this got that award because it is a beautiful, beautiful. It, it's anime. It's like that show is funny. It's amazing. But its animation is insane. It's the kind of thing that makes you go, how do humans do this? Wow. It's so, so fantastic. Uh, sadly, Mob Psycho 102 did not get anime of the year. To my surprising dismay. no one <laughs> but it absolutely because, didn't surprise anyone yes because the demon slayer award was won by demon slayer <laughs> sorry what no sorry anime of the year was won <laughs> by demon slayer <laughs> yeah i mean no other anime has dominated the anime community's discussion like demon slayer this year so except oh okay this year i was gonna go for except my hero academia season two because i don't know <laughs> If people are as interested in anime as we were about two or three years ago, where they had the Crunchyroll Awards and like the entire thing was basically caused to redo itself for the next year, because My Hero Academia season two won everything, <laughs> and I don't mean just everything; it won everything. Yeah, wasn't it the first year they did these awards that Yuri on Ice won pretty much everything, and then the next year was My Hero Academia? So y yeah. Uh... Luckily, this year has been way more diverse. I mean, we've got some Kaguya-samas and some Demon Slayers bunched in here that flesh it out a little. But for the most part, it's been a fairly uh, well-rounded year for the uh, anime, Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Yeah, so I'm just jumping to 2018. It somehow... no, Was it? Yes, yeah, so the second year, first year was Yuri on Ice. Surprisingly, it didn't win Anime of the Year. But it won Best Boy, Best Girl, Best Hero, Best Villain, Best Action, uh, Best Opening, Best Animation. Yeah, it it won like it won like five out of its ten nominations. It was insane. Yeah, that's pretty a lot of the other stuff was won by Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Man. So um, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, it won Best Comedy that year. And somehow Best Anime was uh, Anime of the Year was won by Made in Abyss. Oh, considering how much people love that show, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, well, there we are. 
So Dave. yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty good, well-rounded year. I think uh, Crunchyroll Awards has managed to regain some legitimacy by uh, making that more balanced. And I don't think there are any major upsets in the awards that were previewed. Uh, do you want to do you want to do you want to talk about the forbidden one then? <laughs> so there was one other award for the Crunchyroll Anime Awards that was, didn't have any nominations going in. F- uh, forward and it wasn't accessible for public vote it was mm-hmm. the industry icon award now mm. the industry icon award for 2019 whatever the heck year it was has gone to george wader head of wit studio the people who made uh both attack on titan and finland saga last year mm-hmm. now this has been met with some hostility because George Wada has not got the best reputation with the anime community. Oh no, the head of a the head of a famous anime studio has not got a great reputation. I'm shocked. Mm, yes, a lot of anime studios have been known to exercise some particularly harsh working environments and particularly grueling hours for its animators. Not the most pleasant of places. Yeah, like even on the level of Japan anime and manga and anime in japan they're they're insane they are absolutely insane there's a lot of suffering that goes into making some of these pieces of art the mistake george wada made was Mm -hmm. boasting about that Hmm. by celebrating it as a good thing or disregarding that that suffering and just making a complete ass of himself uh, in public, so oh dear, there's been some pushback on this, and it has. So well done, in, quite... well done, industry icon of the year, George Wada. Yes, well, I think this we is... can announce is also the Geeks and Gaijin industry icon of the year, who's also a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, the bit of a uh, dick award goes to George Wada. Um, yeah, there we are. <laughs> this is especially bad. A lot of people have been suggesting that really this award should probably have gone to the heads of Kyoto Animation after the suffering they yeah yeah <laughs> so oh, th- this is this really hasn't gone wet down well but um i suppose this is something that can't really be controlled because i assume it is because for those who don't know how the country roll and uh, country roll awards go half of it for all the public nominations are public vote and then the other half are points by a set of judges and so therefore i assume the industry icon was just essentially chosen by the judges or maybe it was just chosen by one particular person but i don't yeah, know certainly wasn't accessible for public vote and i don't know how, what happened in the back back door nobody knows behind in... closed doors not in yes. the back door that's different no one is um, no one was in the room when it happened room when it happened hamilton reference sorry <laughs> i'm sure someone really enjoyed that john yeah yeah uh, that person was me so yeah, that's a sour note to have left the award ceremony on, but overall it was pretty positive. I know some people are still going to be annoyed about some of the, the winners, much like I am annoyed at Demon Slayer for winning just because I really wanted Mob to win. But, you know, Thomas, I think it was pretty good. Thomas, you can't yeah. hold it against Demon Slayer for winning the Demon Slayer Award. This is, <laughs> I'm going to keep on going at you about this. And it's like you can't just be angry at the Geeks and Gaijins Awards for Geeks and Gaijins winning best podcast 11 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> or for me winning 
best, handsomest, and just generally right presenter. Yes, He's I never think wrong. Next year, the Geeks and Guidance Awards process will be reconsidered so that we have a more balanced uh, display of the industry. Thomas, I think that's the anime police coming to arrest you for those, <laughs> for those crimes against anime and opinions that you have been spouting. Oh, dear. Well, take me away, boys. You should be ashamed, and on that bombshell, it's time to end the show. <laughs> Bold of you to assume I'm not already ashamed. <laughs> uh, let's all be ashamed together, so please like us on Facebook and Twitter. We're Geeks and Gaijins on everything, uh, or G&G Gaijins or whatever. We're also on Twitch at Geeks and Gaijins. We stream every week. When we do, who knows? But It's certainly at least once a week. <laughs> at least once a week. Uh, you just missed our Valentine stream. I think the VOD might still be up on the channel where we played. It wasn't a Japanese dating game, but it was a. It was weird enough to be Japanese. That's for yes, sure. it was perfect date. So if you want to go see me and Tom react to that, uh, go to the Twitch channel and make sure you like our Facebook page because we always announce when we're doing that. Uh, do you have anything else to plug, Thomas? Uh, I, I I just want to reiterate that Perfect Day is a game where I had to watch John date himself while playing a cat, and it was the weirdest experience I've ever had. An so, Irish cat. An Irish cat. So on the plus side, I'm never going to have a Valentine's Day worse than that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and indeed. Also, I was there and voiced a couple of cats as well. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas was also there. Please note summary of the podcast. Thomas was also here. Yes, that is accurate. I'll put that in the list of different slogans we could possibly have for Geeks and Gaijins. Geeks and Gaijins, Thomas was also there. And so it's a matter issue from me. Arigato gozaimashita for listening. I've been John. I've been Tom. Like us on whatever platform you're on and share us with your friends if you'd like. And listen on Spotify and all those lovely things. Yes. Ta-ra.